you know, when we were little and, you know, they didn't really do anything until Mitch Richmond came along, it was like, oh, we're going to go to the game and see Michael Jordan, you know? And at the time it was like, you know, your John Stockton's or Scotty Pippen. Like it was to see the other people actually come in, um, come and play. I think this is one of the first times where the advertised stars came up big in their games. You know what I mean? Even in the semifinals to the, to the finals, like all the big stars of, of women's college basketball, like they lived up to the hype. I was so excited um, for like Simone Augustus and Sylvia Fowles because everyone knows I'm a Minnesota Lynx fan as well. Um, and they, they built that LSU program for, so that for them to also celebrate with like the stars of now. Purple laser beam. I'd rather get W's and get checks. Welcome to Beam Unit, episode 11. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dayla Sabonis. I am joined with my other co-host, Naima. What's up, y'all? And our other co-host, Elizabeth, will be joining us a little bit later. Super excited today. We have our first return guest. Uh, You already know who she is. Uh, She is Sports Ethos. Jill Edge, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys, for having me on again, for having me back. Thanks for coming back, and, and we're glad you're Sorry one- that it had to get delayed a little <laughs> bit, but I was down with COVID. Otherwise, this was going to happen a couple weeks ago. Absolutely, and you know what? We will eventually talk about The Last of Us. That was the, one of the main reasons why we were going to have you back, and we were going to talk about the finale, but we'll, we'll get to that sooner or later in this conversation I'm sure it might be good if he ends up uh, getting um, nominated uh, for an award for that. Um, that might be a good time, or the show does to to bring it up too. Say when uh, we're on your schedule, honestly. So <laughs> when you want to come back and, and talk about the greatness of of, of him, cool. Uh, cool. totally, I'm, I'm down for that. And I just love that he's everywhere. On my TV, anyways, right, when I right. watch The Mandalorian, and then um, he's the all Last over of TikTok Us. right now, doing that eating the the sandwich or the chips thing of like yeah. crunching. <laughs> and uh, we haven't even watched that episode yet, and I'm super excited to watch that. Our 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 viewing is backlogged. We we have so much to watch, especially after WrestleMania weekend, which is a whole nother story. But anywho, um, it's good times for us, anyways. I think as Sacramento Kings fans, uh, the Kings have clinched the playoffs. Um, recently on, I think Thursday night, we had our, our usual cowbell talk spaces and it was a wonderful thing. We went two hours and it was really just people sharing their stories. And it was great because it was like older fans like myself and younger fans who haven't, have never experienced the Kings in the playoffs for you. What's your perspective on the Kings clinching the playoffs? Um, no, I mean, I was 21 the last time the Kings were in the playoffs. Um, I'm one where I was born in 85 when the team came. Um, and so, I mean, growing up, I had season tickets with with my uh, my family and my parents. We shared, like, with a, a – um, there were four families that shared. We basically, you know, each had, like, 25% of the time. 
And so, but, you know, when we were little and, you know, they didn't really do anything until Mitch Richmond came along, it was like, oh, we're going to go to the game and see Michael Jordan, you know? And at the time it was like, you know, your John Stockton's or Scotty Pippen. Like it was to see the other people actually come in, um, come and play. And then it was my high school years. It was so 99 that jazz year. Um, it was my freshman year of high school. They actually became good. So they were good all through my high school years. Um, and I actually had a trip like where we went to Portland. I don't know. I mean, back that now my parents probably, I'd try to think about like now in today's society, I don't know if our parents would have let us do it, but we had a group of, there was like 12 of us and, um, our parents let us go by ourselves to Portland and we went to an away game. Um, and I mean, like, and that's when, back when, you know, Coase was doing, um, you know, the sideline stuff. And so they, they interviewed us while we were there and it was when uh, Granite Bay, like it just opened and there were like Granite Bay um, high school teachers sitting in front of us. So, I mean, like we've always had, um, you know, people traveling and things like that. And then, um, you know, during college, they were okay. And then they just, you know, um, sucked again. But I mean, after 21, like, um, I was diagnosed with cancer the next year. I beat it. Ended up living in London, Dublin and Edinburgh. I got a state job. Um, you know, I had nephews who I took, uh, back at the time and they were little kids and now they're adults. Um, you know, a lot of life has happened. Um, but what's crazy is my nephews that are adults now, I actually have four nieces and nephews that are, were the ages of those kids, you know, now. And so I'm getting to experience it with them all over again. Um, and it's been so much fun, like to watch them be excited again. Cause you know, I mean, like, you know, kids in school, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, warriors, you know, Curry, like, you know, they're the flashy stuff and the Kings have sucked. So like, I don't necessarily blame, you know, little elementary kids like being into you know what's exciting and so um he's so excited that he can say that the kings are good and tell his friend his little warriors friends that that the king that that's the kings one of the best parts again. of this all um yeah and like when i took him he came with me to the the minnesota game i surprised him um and he was so excited and i know you know everyone was all upset you know i was bummed but like he looked at me and he was just like being like this was one of the best nights like I've ever had. Like he did, he like, he didn't even care that they didn't win. And I just remember feeling that way with my dad when I would go to games with him. So, you know, I mean, and that automatically took me out of it. Like, you know, I can't be mad. Like the kid just told me that he had one of the best nights of his life just because he was there at a game with me and just had so much fun regardless of what happened. Um, it's, I just love being able to experience that with them again, because it wasn't always easy um, you know, getting them to want to go to games. Like it wasn't, you know, necessarily fun. Like, you know, the Kings getting killed all the time and, um, and things like that. So it's just really cool, uh, for the city, for family, like everything, just being able to, to experience all that together. And I'm happy for people that haven't gotten to, to experience it. Um, you know, and they've heard stories of how, you know, this place goes crazy, but they've never been able to see it. Now they're actually being able to see it. So it's just really cool 
um, and that aspect, you're seeing, um, you know, that civic pride again that I remember. I mean, we used to have the, the sack B for anyone that was older, um, the back then you'd have a full page spread uh about you know of a, a player um and that you know i know for a lot of people my age that covered everyone's you know their wall in their rooms like instead of like concert posters like you had king's players of like the full sack b spreads um you know they gave everybody like the raz the jazz go kings that people you know um stuck to their car windows and you know hung up in different areas and so it's just cool seeing, um, you know, like the purple lights now and you're seeing, um, I know downtown people were putting up pictures that some of the stores out there, um, at like window, you know, window dressings and things like that of Kings. And so it's just cool seeing the the city kind of go out again. Yeah. I just love seeing all the new murals popping up or, or large posters that are around town and people posting that. I think it's incredible. Um, I thought it was great that everyone would share their stories and it would be like, yeah, you know, when I was, uh, you know, such and such age and, and now I'm taking my kids to the game. I'm starting that tradition. And yeah. And I think the main thing is these youngins uh, don't know what bad basketball or an inept uh, front office is. Yeah. They're, they're knowing yep. this. And, and I hope that stays it's so for amazing. them. I hope that stays for them. I really do. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that later. Right. Uh, the big picture for this amazing team in, in this organization. But I love that you and the Kings Herald guys uh, got together and organized on Twitter and decided to meet this team at the airport after their two game stint in Portland. Um, what was that like? Yeah. Uh, it was either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I think it was probably Thursday. I text Kevin and John um, on and was just like, what do you guys think? You know, we were talking about, you know, bringing back like the 99, what we did then. And I knew John, he's really good at figuring out flights and things like that. He's really good at looking stuff up um, when we need it. And I knew Kevin would have, you know, the audience that people would trust if we put it out there. Um, you know, they think it was legit and, and us actually doing it. And so we were able to to pull it all together. Chris ended up helping us. Um, Drew did, uh, Kevin was able to, to get in touch with the team. We wanted to let them know so that, yes, we wanted it to be a surprise, but we also didn't want them to, you know, also think like something crazy was going on, um, and not totally be prepared for it. Cause we knew they'd probably want to have some security and different stuff there, understandably. Um, and so they were able to get that stuff set. But the fact that when we announced it on Friday, it was like six hours notice and we had hundreds of people show up. Um, was just wild, but like, I mean, I should, I should be surprised, but I'm also not surprised. Um, I mean, we hoped it would turn out like it did, but you know, you just never know. But, um, yeah, I got there around 1030 or so because the flight was going to get there like at 1140 and I was coming from Folsom and with all the, you know, the construction and traffic, you just never know, um, when you're going down 50 and five that if there's an accident, you know, everything stops. So, I wanted to get there early um, and I shouldn't have been surprised that there were like six other people that pulled in right after me. Um, but shortly after the, all of a sudden uh, a cop comes and they block the entrance. And so we're like, Oh crap. Like this is the only entrance to get into where we're going. Um, 
what are we going to do? And so um, no soon after, then Kevin sends a message and says, oh, it's been delayed um, till now 1240. So we're there for like two hours at this point now um, waiting. But we were able to in real time uh, put out on Twitter like, hey, you know, this entrance is blocked off now. Please go, you know, to the west, the west lot. We had people DMing. Yeah, I just drove by and I couldn't get in. Where am I supposed to go? And so, I mean, the fact that we were able to even just pull that stuff together in real time was was pretty cool. Um, but it was like I went in 99 with my dad when we did this. And it was really cool because the different people I talked to, I got to meet a lot of people that, you know, that to put. Um, faces, you know, and names, um, you know, of people that I talk to all the time on here. So that was really cool. Um, but to hear the other stories of other people that had been there in 99, um, and I very well could have seen them and not even known I could have been by them. Um, but they wanted to, they brought their younger kids and they wanted to have that experience that they got to have when they were a kid. We had um, grandparents there with their older adult um, adult children so this was like the second and third time that they were doing this together it was really like a huge um a vast like uh age difference which was awesome like you saw you know some some toddlers to to uh grandparents and people brought you know the cowbells of course we had people making signs on like cardboard the size of cardboard uh people had flags um, and it like, it was just organic. We wanted it to be pretty organic and people just show up. We were going back and forth between gates based on the info we were getting. It ended up working out. We like got to see through the fence of them landing. Um, we got to do our cheers and then we ended up running over and getting in the line for them to drive by. Um, and I ended up getting a text from one of the, the players, family members, like shortly after, and they just echoed like, thank you so much for, um, for doing that. And like them having that experience that it's, you're just not going to have anywhere else. Um, and just how much they felt it and appreciated it. And, you know, that's, that's all we wanted, um, was for them to see, you know, how it is here and and any way that we can sell right that we're trying to bring these guys back any way that we can keep selling them on you know this is how it is here and this is how we are and we will love you um you know and if it if it ever helps you know then then it's worth it yeah shout out to the couple that brought their lightsabers um and then shout out to the gentleman if i was a better host i would have his name ready right now but i don't uh, who actually live streamed it on, on IG. Uh, one of my favorite quotes or moments was this little girl was like, dad, I'm going to sit on the curb. And he's like, you're not built for this, Laura. And I, just <laughs> I started didn't dying. see that. That's hilarious. It was so funny. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll sh- I actually, I have a clip of you actually walking by oh, your, your, uh, yeah. in his uh, view. Oh, but great. yeah, it was amazing. We had someone shoot their shot yeah. with Kevin Herter, you know, giving Fox the, the <laughs> in and out bag. Um and she wrote her phone number on there trying to get him to give it to Kevin. I mean, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get. That's amazing. Yeah. And especially with Fox and in and out. Right. Um, right. And, and made it even that, more uh... funny. Yes. And they got a kick out of it. <laughs> I know people were like, kind of like what? And it was like, like they laughed about it. Like they, um, it was completely fine. 
and I and I think even though you guys were waiting in the cold, it was it was a good time because everybody was chanting, um, light the beam in in, in Sacramento. Like I, I was so it was like I was almost there, it was uh, it was with that and guy's Chris live brought, stream. It was um, amazing. Like portable uh, hot chocolate, so like he had a bunch of water in like the hot chocolate packet. So if you had um, like a drink container, he was making hot chocolate for people as we had to wait like another hour um, unexpectedly. So. You know, everyone kind of rallied together. <laughs> what a dad. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been a great weekend, I think, despite, you know, the recent loss uh, Sunday night. But, I mean, this weekend we had the women's Final Four on Friday and then it uh, culminated to the final game uh, Sunday. Um, I think this is one of the first times where the advertised stars came up big in their games. You know what I mean? Even in the semifinals to the, to the finals, like all the big stars of, of women's college basketball, like they lived up to the hype. Yeah. And I'm trying to think even like, in, even in the regular tournament play, I'm trying to think of any of the big names that like actually, you know, regardless of, of if their team um, won or lost, like I think everyone that you wanted to see um, like brought it. You know, and whether it was the surrounding cast, like, or they both just played really well and, you know, one team, you know, was just better. Um, I feel like everyone that you wanted to see, you know, brought it. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was incredible. It, it, everyone, like you said, uh, did their thing. And it was like, whether you're watching for um, Reese or Caitlin, it was like, Oh my God. Yeah. This person is amazing. And, and, um, I, I had so much fun watching that. I do want to say like Jasmine Carson in the first half, yep. just unconscious from three. Um, that's like what dreams are made of, right? That was wild. I mean, that's what dreams oh. are made of. Like everybody, you know, interesting for LSU, everybody who came in and subbed in because their stars were in foul trouble, whether it be Angel even in POA, right too. Yeah. Yeah. Poa came in and hit a couple threes. Jasmine Carson didn't even miss a shot in the first half. Um, even though the refs were trying to insert themselves in the game and everything, but man, that was that was a showing of the bench. Like LSU wanted it, and they've been due one. You know, like LSU has made like when Simone Augustus and Sylvia Fowles mm-hmm. making four straight Final Fours, and they and then they just could never win a final like a semifinal yeah. match. So like for this, it was like it was just you know, do at one. And it's funny because like on Twitter, everyone was saying, ain't no way LSU is winning a championship this year. There's no way with that kind of schedule. Cause they did. If you do look at their schedule, it's like a bunch of like community college play, um, teams that they played, but in the end, it didn't matter. They showed Things up in the game. It mattered. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It didn't matter. In the end, it didn't matter. They show exactly like you said, like they showed up, players showed up. And, like, there was just this energy about that team. And it was um, their bench that won it for them, too, in my opinion. Yeah, like, their bench. That was the difference. Like, their, the bench in the first half compared to Iowa's bench when – because, like, both, right? Like, both team stars had to sit for times, which yeah, was unfortunate. Sonano. But, yeah. um, but like, their bench showed up. Like, their – Yeah, and know, then Iowa – Absolutely. And Iowa was going to come back in that third quarter. At one point, it was like a seven-point game, eight-point game, and they had a chance. But LSU was like, nope, <laughs> we're shutting it down right here. Yep. And so it was really just cool to see. And I, I was so excited um, for, like, Simone Augustus and Sylvia Fowles because 
Everyone knows I'm a Minnesota Lynx fan as well. Um, and they, they built that LSU program for, so that for them to also celebrate with like the stars of now, um, yeah. was just really Did you cool. see she was having a fight to get on the court after? Yeah. I'm like, like how, do you let, how does she not have like a wristband? Like what is going on? Exactly. I'm like, what was LSU doing? Like, how is she not like, you know, having like, I don't know, like shout out to Maria Taylor. I heard she like gave she up. Did, her yeah. And I'm like, so is she good. pulling up a picture? Like, here's my statue. Here's <laughs> like, my statue that's on campus. Like, let me in. Literally. And they literally just revealed it like a month prior to the uh, NCAA tournament. So I, I was like, I was like, how do you not know who Simone Augustus is? This is a women's final four. She was a legend <laughs> in basketball. So yeah. nine point nine million viewers. And what was it like? Twelve point six. Yep. Wild. It's just so wow. cool. Like so look, cool. Look. Yeah, look. and then game four of the NBA finals drew uh, five hundred thirty-four thousand. Yeah. See, for perspective, look what happens. every game look what they were setting when... records too. It was like a new one exactly. each game. Mm-hmm. They were. It, like, yeah. Look what this, is, go ahead. Yeah, look what happens like when you put women's basketball on bigger platforms. People are gonna come and watch it. Like it, whether it be basketball, whether it be sports, women's sports in general. Like if you put it on TV, people will come and watch. And don't tell me about no one watching. Like if you put the product on TV, then people will come and watch. Whether you put it on ESPN or a bigger, uh, like more people have ABC, I suppose. So that's why it even drew more. Um, viewers yeah so. and there's the talent's always been there right like we've always, seen so always. much good talent um you know I even when I was young like you know seeing Cheryl Swoops and you know the mm. um the whole squads and you know I mean yeah. like Tamika right? Cashin, there's just you know, so Kenny many Parker, like I was in love with the Moore, Tina with Charles, like Diana yeah. Super it's always been there like it, the stars have yeah. always been there and it yeah, it's just I just they need to make a proper deal because the the deal actually ended this year. So bring the negotiations on on and demand everything that these women deserve. And at least from <laughs> stuff they were saying, it sounds like they were going to. But yeah, I mean, like we'll yeah. see. But yeah. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. what else, what like a bigger selling point that you can have right now. Exactly. Exactly. So do those ladies uh, enter the draft or are they going to stay? Um, well, Angel Reese technically is still a sophomore because she redshirted her freshman year, so she she can stay for another three years if she wants. Yeah. Well, two three years because of the COVID year, and then uh, Caitlin Clark can stay another year after next because again COVID year. Um, so can pa- Paige Beckers can stay three more years if she wanted because she for was, her because in- her injuries because okay. of her injuries, yeah. So it's like. The WNB's got to do something. Because for women, it's more like beneficial money-wise for them to stay with their with their Mm -hmm. NIL deals. Like, I mean, which I totally understand. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I do. Yeah, I do wonder though because can't you just get sponsorships while you're in the WNB? Like the NIL deal, isn't it just sponsor? Like, like for example, Paige is like a perfect example. Like she just has so many deals. Like she has a deal with um Gatorade she has it with like Bo she has it with like <laughs> you name it Stock X so it's like she still will keep those sponsorships as she like yeah, continues to and play my guess is probably how high you probably think you would go in the draft um who was yeah, it that's true. was it Virginia Tex was it their mm-hmm. their um the one that came out today and said she's staying another year and she's projected to be yeah. top 10 Kitley, yeah 
Elizabeth yeah. Kidley said, I think a few days ago, and then another player, Kayla King. So, like, basically their whole starting lineup is coming back to play. Yeah. And, um, you know, depending yeah, on Kay- how good Kay- your Kay- team is, like, you know, which, you yeah, know, they're exactly. good. I could see people coming back just trying to to run it back, like, for that one extra shot. Yeah. It'll yeah. be weird seeing Caitlin Clark without Sonano, though. Oh, my you know gosh. I mean? like- their team? I would have to look at their recruiting class, but I don't. I think it's their team is not getting any better. That was one of my talking points that I was going to say that um, she can only do so much that exactly. You've seen, you've seen it. And (laughs) and I've seen like on their, like just kind of Twitter searching, like some of their fan stuff that there is Mm -hmm. like, they have some, I want to say top 10, top 25 athletes out there right now. And then it's like, if you can use Clark to land them, um yeah, like she could have exactly. two legit like possible stars next to her but it's to the point yeah. where can you can you do it? it yeah like it kind of reminds me of like back in the day when like no one really cared about like louisville but like angel mccautry put them on the map and then now louisville has like one of the top women's programs and just um, added another or, yeah and curry yeah just added what is what is curry. her name uh curry yeah. yeah curry just added it so i will also who doesn't want to play with Caitlin Clark? Like the transfer portal. Like, what's her name? The the coach Lisa needs to like take advantage of that. Right. Like, right. And yep. use Caitlin Clark as a selling point. Like, Give her some shooters and and some people that could penetrate as well. You saw what and, they did, and, right? And, and that's what they did. They had Solano down low, which she, I mean, complete, you know, dominant when dominant, she was able to yeah, stay on the floor. And then the rest floor, of the girls yeah. were shooters. Like, and it worked. Yeah, Warnock, Marshall, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. The thing the thing with Caitlin Clark though is like you saw it like yesterday it was like she'll just keep shooting. Yeah. <laughs> like she'll and like she'll she'll make some but it's like sometimes I'm like why are you going so early in the shot clock especially if you're up. Like she did it like against South Carolina with them up like four and then she goes for a three with like that was 20 seconds with them. Oh, Gracie, stop. That was one of the turning points when we were talking about <laughs> when you said that they got it to within 7. She, yeah, they had a steal, and she that was one of the ones she ran up and, yeah. like, and, yeah, and chucked it. And it was like, oh no, and then exactly. and they got the rebound and went in transition and got a layup. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, you could have cut think- it to five, you could have cut it to four. Exactly. Like, I mean, we see yeah. the kings do that at times where it's like, no, I mean, they had a no! couple of those yesterday. It's like there's they so had, like, much, four steals there's so yesterday, much time and it was like, no, what are you doing? Um, exactly, it's like. There's so much time left on the clock, on the shot clock, like run yeah. something. And you know you can run something. Like we saw it against South Carolina. They were using a lot of the clock because you don't want to give yep. South Carolina too many possessions because they're already going to get those offensive rebounds and you know it. Yeah. So that that game was really good as well. I can't, I genuinely No, that well, was one of the best games I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I, um, I was like, man, what a game. Like, goodness. Like, Caitlin Clark did Caitlin Clark things like and, and before we get to the Kings I, I do want to shout out Sonano for a holding off Cardoso like oh my gosh yes. that was one of the main reasons why I mm-hmm. thought SC would win like just because every time I watch uh SC play it's Cardoso always her she, she yep. just cleans everything up and then oh put back dominant right and then Sonano shorter but just as strong arguably in hold in yeah. boxing her out it was like this is a performance you know what's crazy about that game the last, like, when they had the shot clock um, off and that one rebound, that one offensive rebound that happened for Iowa, I'm like, my God, this entire game, 
South Carolina has been beating them on the offensive rebound, and Iowa happened to get the most important offensive rebound in the game. Like, that was something to see. I'm like, wow. Like, basketball be cruel sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love the before every game, it was the over-under on how many dribbles she was going to take. Like, And it was like, oh, would yeah, she have one dribble? Because literally, yep. her, like three dribbles the entire. I saw tournament. someone say, like, "I hope everyone's relationship is a, is as strong as her pivot foot." <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the, that really speaks about her game because that means she's like already like sealing defenders, or she's yep. already in position to receive a, um the the ball, so she can just score. Like that's really smart. Like a really smart. And it rarely ever, like that. you were saying, ever got knocked over hand. How many times do we say just for like in men's basketball, like men's and women's? That was one of the first things you taught us. Like when you're under the basket and put the ball down, how many times does it get grabbed or knocked out? Exactly. Um, if exactly. you go to put it down, like she keeps it up <laughs> mm-hmm. and keep then, it high, yep. keep it high. Yep. Yeah, she's a great player. Yeah, she she was a revelation for me. And then um, even Cardoso, like, so dominant, but yet really gentle and kind. Like, she would knock people down, but then help them back up. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's so great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. excited to watch her uh, career as she moves on. Mm-hmm. Such mm-hmm. a great um, weekend of basketball. It really was. It really it was. Oh, and I went to um, Seattle I was banking on my Yukon girls to make the Elite Eight. I still went to go walk. I still went because I'm like, why not? Like, this is the first experience and it's like on the West Coast for the first time in like decades. So, um, well, I don't consider Texas. I would never go there. But um, so it was really fun in Seattle. Like the game, like Amor, Georgia Amor was really like, she she played lights out um, against Ohio State. And then I also got to catch Louisville versus Iowa. So that was really fun. I got to see Caitlin Clark. And man, did the Iowa fans show up in Seattle. It felt like a home game. Not That, that arena was packed and like 90% of them were just Iowa fans. No, they travel well. Yeah. Uh, um, like, they should be proud. Um, must be nice to be to have money. <laughs> so we're going to pause though. Um, we're going to open up the mics. We're going to get into uh, King's talk now. Um, yeah, it's super exciting. We still haven't clinched the Pacific Division yet. Uh, I haven't looked at playoff scenarios um, or clinching scenarios uh, today, but I'm sure they're out there as far as who loses and who wins tomorrow and Wednesday. But, yeah, it's super exciting. So feel free to request and, and, and get in here and talk with Jill about okay. King's or if you want to talk about – the NCAAs, uh, we could do that too. Uh, so, all right, we got Tanvir coming in here. Yeah, what an exciting time, for sure. Tanvir, what's going on? What's going on, guys? How's it been? What's going on? We're good. What's up? Hey, man. I'm so happy of how, uh, how we've been doing, though, even though we lost just uh, against the Spurs. People be going crazy and whatever you know but we'll be fine i don't see any reason to panic over that loss it's the nba it is what it is yeah you know uh liz and i were were talking how (laughs) i think we we're in a holding pattern with the kings every time we record this podcast they always lose the night before i have no idea why and and i feel like watch the next two games they're gonna win and then they're going to feel themselves, and then they're going to have a poor performance right before we record again next week or something. It, it, it's been like clockwork. It's weird. It is what it is, bro. It's the NBA, man. Can't really say anything about it. 
Yeah, and again, all these games are one-game yeah. series, um, so anything can happen. Yeah. And yeah, if we don't shoot well, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Um, shooting wasn't there at all. Defense wasn't really there at all either. Yeah, right on, Tanbear. Thank you so much for coming through. Joseph, what's going on, sir? Yo, how's it going? Um, I missed the first part of the podcast, so I don't know what you guys talked about, but um, I was just wondering what you guys think of, uh, you know, Alex Len getting some minutes towards the end here, um, if that's maybe trying to get him ready, you know, for a, a potential matchup in the playoffs or what the strategy is there, and uh, just who you guys would prefer to play in the first round or doesn't even matter, um, that's all I got right now. Yeah, Brown had a um, address to Len comments. I don't know if it was yesterday. He said he's the backup center as of right now. Um, he said he was showing out so much in practice um, that they would have games for guys that weren't getting a lot of minutes. And I guess he's just been paying attention maybe recently. Like I'm assuming he's always been paying attention to those games, but for whatever reason recently, he just said that he's been kind of dominating those games and uh, he felt, you know, he'd kind of earned that shot um, and he hadn't given him that shot yet. And so I do think the Kings having, you know, being in the situation they're in that allowed him kind of more freely probably to give him that shot compared to, you know, maybe if we hadn't already clinched and things like that. Um, I can't say for certain otherwise, but he just mentioned that he hadn't really given him a shot. He's been, you know, doing everything that you could ask for, essentially, uh, showing up every day, playing hard. Um, and he said he's been impressed with him being in there with his defense, shot blocking and bringing that kind of presence that he didn't feel like we had had. And so um, kind of made it sound like it's his to lose right now. But I guess we'll see. I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah, that's really cool. I, I really like Alex Len. I think he's been great in these uh, past few games, blocking shots. Obviously, he has great size. Um, so I kind of look forward to seeing him play more with the team. Yeah. And I'll say like, you see how happy, you know, everyone is for him. Like, you know, and I'm sure, and even Matthew, like, I'm sure he's bumped. Oh my gosh. Sorry. San Diego state's like on a freaking run right now. They just brought it back within six. Their defense, man, their defense is bringing it. Um, so if you don't have it on, turn it on in the background. Um, but you see how happy everyone is for him. I mean, he sounds like a great teammate. And he's had so much going on back at home. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, and he's been there um, every day. And uh, Metu's like the first one off the bench you're seeing every time, you know, congratulating it, congratulating him. And then, you know, gave him the first hug when he got the defensive player of the game award and things like that. And I think that's such a difference from years past. You know, we've had these conversations about, you know, kind of being me first rather than team first. Um, and it seems like everyone has completely just bought in, you know, with the contract and, you know, what's being asked and, um, your time will come stay ready. And, um, it seems like they've all bought into it. Which I think is one of the best things about this team and, and why they're so successful this year is, is the vibes in the culture. Right. And, and, you know, you've talked about, uh, Mike Brown being on, uh, that podcast recently, the Mark Haynes pod podcast. 
how he's changed everything in how these players play for each other and they're happy for each other. And I think that's so refreshing. And, and yeah, I, I hope Alex Len um, is being ramped up for the playoffs. We need, de- we need a big body to help out DeMoss for sure. Jill, what do you, is there any particular team that you want to play in the first round or no? No, I don't have a specific team kind of like all year where it's just, you know, like how people were reacting after the, the trade deadline. Oh my God, we're going to, you know, we're not even going to be able to go 500, all this stuff, you know, and they went what? 16 and five, 15 and five or something like that. Um, I think it's just get there and handle your, you know, handle whoever comes. Um, because at that point it's, it's the playoffs. Everyone's going to be hard. Um, you know, and I just don't think that there's really, um, one team that I would just be more comfortable with over anybody else at this point. It's a like, freaking shark not, tank, you know, isn't it? Bakers can't be choosers. Like I, I just want to get there and, and play. However, you know, just keep playing your game. Just keep playing your game. Yeah. It's all these teams propose their own set of problems. You know, every team just has one or two players that we have issues against or the way they play, whether it's their length or it's crazy. So, yeah, I think every team is going to be a mountain to climb uh, for sure. Ross, what's going on? Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, really enjoyed hearing you guys talk about uh, the Kings and the the just amazing women's tournament. That was such a treat. I've been, like, sick the last week, so I watched a lot of um, basketball, and it was just the quality was insane. Like, I remember so many years watching bad uh college basketball and it's i mean fox said it and he's not too wrong but like the shot making has been incredible um so that was just cool to see but um kind of interesting the len thing because i thought it was just going to be one of those things where brown was um kind of trying some things out like in case of emergency and then he was going to go back to his regular rotations but it's interesting hearing that he's been like playing really well in practice and i know brown like he holds his practices like super high um and to be honest as a fan i never want to like trash um players like metu it's been incredible i remember being at a game um at the end of last year and being like oh that'd be like kind of cool if metu came back or not and like now he's like (laughs) playing huge minutes as like backup big um and playing really well um but if i had to pick one person that makes me the most nervous on the king's team it is metu um i don't think it's anything like his fault he just his his footwork is really good on the offensive end but on the defensive end he just always kind of finds himself a little out of place um but it's just crazy because the difference between Len and Metu is like night and day. Um, so it's a little, little nervous as a Kings fan to be like switching uh, somebody that important this late in the season. But um, at the same time, I look at it and I go, Len is like, he's good. You see him and Davion and uh, Edwards out there. The offense isn't great, but they actually look like they're making things difficult on teams. Obviously last night was a bad example, but 
I'm not going to overreact because we have the best record in the NBA since the all-star break and these games happen. Like I've been talking with you daily. To me, it looks like, um, I don't know if the coaches are telling him or not, but it looks like De'Aaron Fox hasn't gotten out of second gear the last three games. And I think that's on purpose. I think they're telling him just stay healthy. These games probably won't mean anything. Um, when it's all said and done, we'll probably end up with the third. So just go out there and don't hurt yourself and, you know, keep the rhythm going or else they probably would have sit, uh, sat him. Yeah, I, I put a question out there. It's like, hey, what do you guys want? Do you want them to go for 50 or do you want them to rest? And me personally, I'm thinking big picture. I, I want them to rest, uh, De'Aaron and Domas, you know. So, but that's just my opinion. Um, and I know 50 is a, is a nice, awesome round number to, to have on your record. But, you know, I think I want to have my stars ready to go and, and I want to win a, a, a series instead of just saying, oh, we got 50 wins and then get bounced because, you know, our guys are, are tired or injured. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think those Portland games were actually perfect. They, they essentially played like half a game and then, you know, and then got to rest. Because I don't know if they want them to completely rest, rest, but I think going in and at least getting some run, um, you know, so the conditioning stays right um, without going crazy, and then and then letting everybody else get their minutes. Um, I thought that was kind of the perfect combination, you know, and they just happen to work out in wins. But that's that's probably how I would kind of do it. The rest of it, so it's going to be interesting to see um, what they end up deciding to do. I, I think that's what they tried to do last night too. And they just ended up like getting caught up in a game. And yeah. I kind of ha- I had, I had that feeling Popovich was like, all right, Brown, I'm going to just show you that I still got some tricks in the book, but um, you know, it, it really was. The one thing I'll say is like um, to use like a stock analysis uh, with this team, like, a stock never goes up forever and it never goes down forever. And it seems like we've been going up for like three months. So that's like one thing I would tell fans is to just like, this is fucking awesome. Like, don't get me wrong, but we've been on like a three month high. So I'm bracing myself as a, <laughs> a long time fan. Um, yeah, but appreciate and, I, and I'd rather them kind of have some struggles, right? Like before we get, you know, to the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's kind of what they always say about, you know, teams that go in like undefeated and then all of a sudden they get their first lost and, you know, the big game type thing. Like, I still think that there's still so much that they can all learn and work on. And so, um, you know, as frustrating as it might be, I, you know, I don't see this stuff as being negative. Like Brown said, maybe sometimes you have to get, you know, um, pushed around a couple times before you realize like, all right, like we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, I loved what he yeah, said. Yeah, you need those losses. Mm-hmm. You need those losses like the Toronto loss to know where you're at. I mean, it sucks they happen at home, Olympic obviously, teams. but, you know, I mean. Right. It's always happening at these, home, unfortunately. But if these make them change how they're going to play at home, you know, in a couple of weeks, then no one's going to be thinking about these last two games. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, in that first series. We're going to have one game where, where they're going to put up a stinker when they don't shoot well, uh, but then they're going to get it together. They've done it all year. So, you know, 
whether it's win two, lose one, or whatever, they've always bounced back, and, and that's what I'm counting on. For yeah, sure. and and it's funny. Um, I've seen it on the opposing team's players when they when they've been here the last couple of weeks, and it's been so crazy. You can see the smiles on their faces of like how much they're enjoying playing in front of like a crazy crowd, because a lot of them don't you know ever get to experience that or get that. Um, and so like as much as we go crazy for ours and we're like, why are you not responding? Um, you know, it's hyping the other team up <laughs> too, unfortunately. Um, so it, it's an interesting uh, contrast there. Yeah, and I, and I really believe the architect of the arena just made the sight lines too darn good. Like everybody shoots Every better team. here. Yeah. And it's upsetting. Yep. Um, app, welcome. What's going on, sir? Yo, how's everybody doing? Man, it's been a tough, tough game yesterday. I didn't really watch it too much because I was working. But, you know, like I 100% agree. I have a theory that teams just come in in the golden one and we're a pierced basketball arena. You know what I mean? Like it's not a amusement park like most of these arenas in the, in the NBA. I mean, or it's entertainment sections and big, you know what I mean? Like fans are into the game they're knowledgeable they're intelligent i mean i haven't heard too much booing in the arena so i mean it's it's really a, a real theater and it amplifies all the energy in the arena so i think teams just come in i mean you look at minnesota what they did when they came in especially when we had all the shirts and destiny was lined up for us to clinch and they just came in and they they got the juice and got hyped and uh i want to talk about De'Aaron. i love what he's doing the last couple games especially like taking a lot of threes because I think he's getting real in-game reps for the playoffs because once they get in the playoffs and teams start to scout him, they're going to be like, okay, let's not get to the rim. Let's not let him get to his mid-range. So he's going to have to consistently shoot threes so that teams step up so he can get in the lane. And also, I think he needs to step his playmaking up a little bit, because, especially in the playoffs, because he's our best one-on-one creator. And other guys aren't really that much good in the ISO. So when teams are going to key in on him and double team him, he's going to be after the kick open for Keegan or Kevin or whoever else it is to get good quality shots for us to win. And uh, in the playoffs, I honestly, I probably would have said I want to play the Warriors just because they're not a super big team. And like teams like Minnesota or maybe the Lakers, might just have a lot of length that can bother us. But since Wiggins is coming back, like that's that's gonna be real tough because what he did to Tatum in the finals last year was just crazy, especially one on one defense when no help. So, you know, hopefully we can tighten up, you know, Mike and obviously it's gonna come down to his game planning and the whole staff's game plan and how they attack whatever matchup we get. But whoever it is, I'm just excited that we're finally going to be playing past April 15th. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's a good time to be a Kings fan. And, yeah. Jill, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? No. Um, yeah, no, I understand all your points. Um, it's going to be interesting to to see how uh, Wiggins, um, you know, how they incorporate him coming back after that absence. And I wish him, you know, and his family, obviously nothing but the best. Um, but as a Kings fan, we've also seen how 
hard it can be also to incorporate players coming back um, during the playoffs uh, based on our last, you know, history when, when we were there. And so uh, it, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting for them to see if it, if it goes seamless or if, if there's a, some rest there. But yeah, I, I agree with your points on um, all year. We've, we've struggled with teams with length. So um, I can understand your reasoning. And I hate uh, that he got injured, but you know, having Nas Reed out for Minnesota does change some things. Yeah. Very true. Sure. Very true. But yeah, I, I hate seeing players like that who are like totally making a leap and then they get derailed by an injury so late in the season. So yeah, that was tough to read about. Yeah. And Minnesota is still trying to bring Cat in too. Like I think yesterday I saw he only had like five shots the whole game. Um, I don't know what happened there, but um, you know, without Reed and then having Cat back, it's, it's interesting to see um, how they continue to gel too, as, as it goes forward. Um, Cause they lost Call me crazy. yesterday. Yeah, I, I kind of think they're better without Cat. That's just my uneducated opinion. I don't, opinion. The I don't only watch them all the time. One. <laughs> a lot of people oh, okay. are yeah, to I... trade him in the offseason and recoup some of what you lost, um, you know, in your trade last year and and keep building yeah. around um, Edwards. So, yeah. And Jaden, right? Yeah. Like, oh, my The gosh. fact that he's yeah. taking a leap. Oh, man. He was good last year, and he just keeps getting better every year. Yeah. He's fun to watch. Yeah, when I saw he both him and Nasri do like little spin moves in their handle, just improving so much since like November, I was like, "What is going on yeah. here?" Their improvement is. I so loved great. him um, and Vando last year together, and I was one of the reasons. You know, you know how much I love Vando, but um, man, when they were on the floor together last year, <laughs> they were a menace to guys out there. Um, well, but, to have two six nine yeah, guys that can defend like pretty much every position, it's ridiculous. Uh, Tanvir, what's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about about that uh, the two days ago at that airport. Jill, that shit was fucking amazing. Crazy how many people showed up there, man. Man, that's just crazy, crazy. I see Deuce is in here too. Mad, mad love, man. Just wanted to bring that up. Thank you. Yeah, that yeah. Was every a lot of fun. everybody got a chance. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I I was so happy to see that, and I was glad to be able to watch a live stream of that. Um, Deuce and Mo got a chant. Sacramento got a chant. Uh, Light the beam. Uh, the lightsaber people. Yeah, that was really great. Um, but I don't know. I think this is like a tinfoil hat theory, but could it be that Mike Brown is is just having the team play at a certain gear? Kind of like what Ross spoke about De'Aaron only playing like in the second gear. Could it be that our defense being 25th um, throughout the whole year, but then maybe they have a next gear for the playoffs and that's a strategy thing so that we're not so scoutable. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Especially with his comments yesterday. Um, I don't know. I, I would, I don't know about, like a, a second gear. That's why I think like the, the Portland games were perfect. Cause you went out, you took care of business. Your guys got to play half the game and the rest got to play. I would, I would think that he still wants them to like set a presence for themselves for at least, um, you know, most of a game. 
But I mean, you know, coaches have strategies all the time that we have no idea about. So um, I really don't know. <laughs> Ross, go for it. Um, one thing that is funny is like, obviously our defense isn't the greatest and we turn it up in the fourth, but after every like Twitter fire meltdown I've seen this year, there's one thing that's in common. It's we're shooting like 20 to 25% from three. Um, so as much as it's like, we want to be this great defensive team, like 90% of the games where fans are pissed off, we just haven't hit our threes. And I hate to make it that simple because you know, the defense has been ugly in a lot of games, but we're a team that shoots. So when we don't hit our shots, you can probably look to the three point percentage and it comes down like the, um, everybody, uh, has been talking about the Minnesota matchups and how we don't match up with them. But in the season series, I think they shot like 42% and we shot 30%. So, you know, matchups this matchups that when we hit our shots like people don't talk about that other stuff yeah i mean what the last game we lost by i think because darren made that shot at the end it ended up being like four points but we were like four or five of like 20 something from three i mean that same with yesterday um the first half they were like three of 22 or 23 something like that i mean that just rarely happens with this group, which it's still crazy that they can put up the numbers they do while shooting as bad as they can from three. But yeah, I mean, that's one of my biggest things about um, them. And I think Brown kind of said this yesterday, whether he was talking about, you know, this part of the game or not, I don't know, but he was saying that he still, he's been trying to let the team themselves try and figure things out, you know, on the court more. And he wants them to still keep learning, you know, recognition wise. And to me, that was kind of one of the things in the first half that like you have Sabonis out there. No one, no one on the Spurs was going to stop him. Um, And he had like six shots, I think in the first half while the team was shooting, you know, three of, you know, 24 or whatever it was from three. So it was like at some point recognize it and, and go to Sabonis. Um, but there wasn't even an attempt. And I do think that it hurt not having Monk out there um, because that group is so used to having the two-man game with Sabonis. And so I do think that some of those non-touches ended up being that, you know, you had – you didn't have a Monk out there who, you know, could, you know, recognize it and go to the two-man game. You had Davis who hadn't, you know, been playing for multiple games – um, come in and he's you know more of a shooter he's not necessarily a playmaker and so um, you know then it would have fell on Davion but um, I do think there are certain points where he you know keeps saying uh, he still wants the guys to figure it out you know I've seen people say why isn't Brown telling them to do this and do this but like they've been vocal about you know these guys need to learn how to figure some of these things out on their own um, so yeah and um I completely think we're at our best. Um, and I remember like a stretch 20, 30 games ago where Sabonis would have like 12, 14 and like seven rebounds in the first quarter. And um, then Fox would come in and be the hero in the fourth. And that's like when this team's at our best. And it seems like the last, I don't know, the last 
I looked it up last night in the last eight games. Um, we've either lost the first quarter or have been losing at halftime. And you got to think that like six or seven of those games were just extremely cold, you know, putting up 16 threes in the first quarter. I, I think Katie or Mark Jones or Draper, whoever it was calling out and saying like, you know, you shouldn't be shooting this many threes this early. And I don't know if teams are scheming against us and kind of, um, I know Portland went into a zone and we kind of just started chucking, but I wonder if teams are actually like saying, let them, you know, let it fly in the first quarter. Cause they're not a great shooting team in the first quarter. Cause uh, yeah, when we just let Sabonis do his thing, and go from there, this team is just, like, unstoppable. I'm sure teams are, yeah. Oh, it looks like San Diego State's going to come up short. They had that nice run, but UConn was just too good. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad UConn didn't get a, um, run away with it. They made it again. I mean? Yeah, it was like... a good game. That's all we could ask for. Just represent the West Coast a little bit, and they went further than any they most had a people hell of expected. A season, so. man. Yeah, hell of a season. Bad guys coming in. Uh, bad guy, what's going on? Bad guy, go for it. Yo, what's up, man? What's going on? I just want to say congratulations to the Kings and to the fans who stuck by them, man. And and, and for y'all and y'all podcasts, um, I see Deuce, Deuce and Mo. I tap in with them, all the hard work y'all do. Um, and I think y'all just, you know, starting to turn the corner. This is just the beginning. I don't know what the ceiling is. Maybe y'all get a trophy, you know. Hopefully it's not just a in mid-season tournament trophy, you know, but, like, the championship. But, yeah, I just think it's well-deserved and, like, you know, when it's hard times and all of that, it's easy to be the butt of the joke and everything. So now is your time. And I'm, I'm a non-biased person, so, you know. Congratulations. That's all I wanted to say, man. Really and truly. Word up. Thank you. And and you're one of the few, right? Like so many people from other fan bases, you know, just love to shit on a bad team, call us a poverty franchise. But it's nice to see, you know, people recognize, you know, teams making that change and appreciating, you know, what's going on, right? Yeah. I mean, last year when y'all got Sabonis, I was I was I was I was excited. I was excited. Like I was telling y'all, like I'm telling you, um when the COVID year happened, it was a lot of, you know, people in the houses, a lot of, you know, spaces and everything started taking off. I was heavy on Sabonis versus like a bam at a buy. I was telling them he's one of the best top twenty players in the league. So I was just waiting for it to come to fruit. I'm like, uh, you know what I'm saying? I follow the league and I got my guys, so Sabonis is one of them and um I was kind of perplexed when y'all moved Holly Burton. I was like, what? Because I think he's like the quintessential point guard now, like the modern-day Chris Paul. So I was like, what? But, hey, man, I I wasn't too big on Swiper. And 
he came around, man. He came around, so I gotta get you know. I was wrong about him, so yeah, man. I don't got much to say, man. It was just you know, congratulations. No, one hundred percent. Thank you, man. We appreciate that. Y'all think y'all could no, be glorious? Now, like I uh, had y'all. So, like without Wiggins, I was like, man, that joint gonna go seven games. Every game gonna be a blowout. Every single game gonna be a blowout. But now with Wiggins back, I don't know. But like, I, I like y'all more than the Cavs last year. Just what are y'all? Just on y'all playoffs? Like, what are y'all? You know what I'm saying? Like, are y'all just like I want to touch. Take your temperature. Y'all just happy to be there, or oh, y'all trying to win the series? Is this like the Knicks of the West Coast? What's going on? I think with our coach, with Mike Brown, I think he'll put him in the right mindset to not just be excited or happy to be there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the way it should be. Right? Yeah, and and then I think people forget that we we have Game Seven Herder on our team. Uh, people forget his playoff Yo, experience. Chill, 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 um, chill. I don't need my you know Sixers I mean? fan. I don't need no trauma, dog. <laughs> hey, but then that let you know that. You know Jesus. who he is and you know what he could do, right? Jesus. So, yeah. Jill, anything to add? No, I think that says it pretty much. Sorry, Gracie's going to bark right in a second. <laughs> oh, she stopped. Okay. Um, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm one where I thought they were going to make the play in this year like that was my hope so to me like everything else extra right now is just gravy um I'm loving it and so yeah I mean fans I think are kind of like some obviously want the first round others are saying it's gravy you know what's going on um I've seen others say they'll be upset if they don't win a first round but I mean when you listen to the team talk you know, obviously they want way more than probably the rest of us, um, you know, at this point, um, which they should. Right. And that's kind of what Brown has been instilling in these guys um, from the beginning that great, you know, you're hitting all these, you know, milestones, but we're not done. Like we're, you know, we're continuing on. And so I think they have as good of a shot as anybody at this point um, in going out. My biggest thing is if they don't win the first round, I wanted it to at least be a hell of a series because I'm sick of people saying they're going to be an easy out and all of this kind of stuff. So if you're going to lose, at least, you know, get your flowers losing and, and have it be a series that people are like, damn, like, okay, this team is better than, than I thought. Because so many people still have never watched our team um, because we're not on national tv at all and so unless you're watching league pass or you happen to see us for a game i just want to at least you know keep proving what we've you know been seeing this whole year that this team is better than people are giving them credit for and there are fans that are going to hate on our team regardless oh, even yeah, if we do yeah. well even if but we get past the first trolls. round i mean it's just you know yeah that's all they, they don't really love the game they, they're just you know Stat watchers. Haters won't be haters, man. Let me ask. Exactly. Let me ask one last thing, man, because this, I would say it is a successful year. uh, Five out of five stars, regardless of what happens, right? But y'all got a first round pick and two, not one, but two second round picks. That's three picks in the top 60. That is beautiful. Now, 
what are you going to do with it? Or what are you guys thinking? Like, you guys thinking maybe get a vet up in there, maybe trade, you know, kind of get a mid-range level guy, or or you just going to keep going with the youth and, 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 and um, you know what I mean? You know. Yeah, no, Monty's been amazing with his first-round picks. Uh, he's not a second-round pick guy. He'll probably trade them or, or use them as the assets rules, in a trade. Though, that could that could change because now, I don't know if you guys saw that, they have that new second round pick rule where it doesn't count towards your mid level exception exception anymore. Like it's it's now part of its own um, like contract area, and so yeah, they added more two way. So they room, added a third, a third two way, and then they added it's called the second round exception, and so it allows you essentially to sign a second rounder to that exception without having you know to use other pieces of your cap if that makes sense um so i mean that could create more opportunity for him to to use those picks too and he also didn't trade you know any of his you know seconds that he has now that i don't know if any other teams are going to be looking for it maybe he can combine some of those and and move up even more um it's going to be interesting and it's hard honestly it's hard to guess what he's ever going to do which is good and bad. Yeah, lately, <laughs> right. Well, lately, you know, we've talked about his patterns. He likes older players. Uh, it's like a dating profile. He likes older gentlemen. Um, Guys are going to last. You know, in sophomores. Yeah. Sophomores, juniors. Um, yeah, just and he likes uh, players with good basketball feel. So, you know, I want him to draft like Bryce Sensabaugh, but unfortunately, Bryce Sensabaugh is a freshman. Um, but for me, I, I think he should take a risk this time. I want like some athlete with an amazing bounce, uh, that could jump out of the, uh, gym and you know what I mean? I want our own shade and Yeah, chest, with the depth of I'm this draft, um, I think it could allow him to roll the dice. I would say with that stuff a little bit more, especially knowing that you're going to have Indy's second round pick in addition to your own, um, I think they're, you know, and the wings and the different players are going to be available and where we're going. Um, I think there's going to be opportunity there to where they could take a swing on maybe a wing in the 20s, but then take an older wing, you know, with the indie pick or, you know, an older backup center or something like that, that, that they're convinced is going to be, um, that maybe be more ready or something like that. But I do think um, the depth of this draft uh, might allow him to to do that a little bit more. And we still have Kata, and, and we're counting on his development and Keon yep. Ellis as well, who I think is actually NBA ready. Yep. Um, I don't know about but, anybody yeah. else, but because so many of your guys I'm are ready on for last year of deals, so um, it's going to be interesting. And this year is so special, though, and and I hope we're all savoring it because next year we're going to have expectations. We're going to want a fifty win team. We're going to want a sixty win team. We're going to want to see improvement. Whereas this year, it was so amazing because nobody knew what to expect, right? Like, well, I had a good feeling about, about it, but that. they went above and beyond. Let me ask you something about that, right? And then, and, and, like I said, now um, do you think that maybe Sacramento has overachieved and maybe next year, when you say like fifty wins, if it doesn't happen, then we'll go back and like re and go back and like revisit the take or whatever, right? But like, I'm not saying either way or nothing. I'm just trying to gauge you guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Are we? 
is this it? Is this the squad? Like sometimes teams can peak and then go, you know what I'm saying? Overachieving does happen. So then next year would be a letdown if you um if you buy into it. But like or you know what I'm saying? Y'all watch more than me, so yeah, no, no, no. And no, I get what you're saying. Bad. I don't it, 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 like it is hard for way. a lot of teams to consistently be on the up like that. You know, where you have everybody healthy. You don't have major injuries. Um, you know, you're not losing key guys to, to free agency or things like that. If we have our core guys and and everybody, you know, is there for the majority of the season, I think people would be upset if there was a, a decent amount of regression. Um, but I'm also realistic that I know, you know, the teams that we're going against in the West, like none of them, you know, this year we had some tankers, but they're all going to be going for it again next year. Um, so it's, you know, no one's going to help you at all. Uh, but I'm also hoping with this coaching staff and this, you know, the core that we do have that, you know, they're going to keep growing that they're, you know, 70 something games in this thing together. And I do think that there's, you know, we can see it, that there's a lot of growth just within those guys. And so if Monty and Brown can keep building the pieces like they have been around that core, then there shouldn't be any reason that you keep, you know, doing what you're doing. Plus our core is still young and they haven't oh, they even are. peaked. Yeah. Like De'Aaron's not even at his peak. Domas is not at his peak. Yeah. We all know Keegan's yeah. going to get better. It's just their bench. So I think it's the sky's the limit. is a question mark next year, right? TD, Lyles, Metu, Len. I mean, I'm trying to think. Anybody outside of Monk and Mitchell, like, they're free agents. So they have to figure out either whether they're bringing those guys back, bringing some of them back, but still – if they're not coming back, filling in pieces that are going to be just as good. So the gist for me is, is I think our success is sustainable. Bad guy. Sorry. I'm like stuttering right now, but yeah, it's sustainable because our our core is young. (laughs) Our, our coach won't allow uh, us to like fail. I think he, what he's put in the culture is, is going to continue. I, I hope that he, becomes our Popovich, if that makes sense. Um, and I, and so far he has a great start. And so I don't see any drop off. I don't think, uh, considering how young our guys are in, in the front office making the right moves. Ross, go ahead and add to this. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's always a chance, um, that, you know, cause things have been going really, really well for us this year. Um, Fox is having a, you know, outstanding like clutch moments and winning games, but, there is a lot to build on. Um, I think everybody who's watched Keegan Murray can kind of, he's been so steady the entire year. You kind of get that feeling he's only going to get better. But the main thing that I think helps us is uh, Sabonis. Um, Before when we traded for him, I looked at his numbers and the reason I was so confident is because he's had pretty much identical numbers like five years in a row. So I look at it like a, a piece like a Jokic or a MB, just a big man that you can rely on, you know, every game if he's going to be out there. So, um, Sabonis and Brown just is a huge reason, uh, going forward why I think we'll be consistent going on. And I think Fox is a hell of a closer, and not all teams have that. Um, and I, like I said, I think our guys are fairly healthy. 
we're not dependent on, you know, 32, 34 year olds that need to load manage all the time. And I think there's something to be said about that because, you know, all it takes, and I'm not wishing injury on anybody, but you know, when it comes to those older stars, you know, like, I kind of wince sometimes when they play and it's like, oh, I hope they're okay. Cause yeah, they're prone to injury. Um, Keith. And then I, I think we are going to wrap it up. Jill, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. You're um, Keith, what's up? Yeah, real quick. I would just break it down to the three parts. I've thought about this for about a couple weeks now. Number one, can the front office go and get Vesankov from Europe? If they can go get Vesankov, I think that's a really big piece because that's a veteran point guard who's played at the peak of his powers in probably, if not the NBA, one of the toughest places to play basketball in the EuroLeague. And I think he has a great dynamic off the bench, I would say, in the aspect that he's a really good passer of the basketball, and he's able to facilitate. I don't think right now, necessarily, on that bench, you have anybody that can facilitate, run the offense, get guys involved. Uh, you got Monk, yeah, but I think Monk is more of a scorer, like a heat check guy. Th- that bench needs somebody, that second unit, when De'Aaron needs a breather, that they can go to and run the offense, get guys involved. I think the second thing is that I think Keegan Murray gets better and better every game. I, I said at the halfway point of the season, if we get a, a situation where Keegan Murray is averaging like 15-9, and nine, I can live with that. For rookie year, that's exceeding expectations, and, and I think that He's only going to get better. You give the guy a full offseason to just work on his game. You know, he's not a crazy partier. He doesn't go out and, you know, he's a, he's a he's a very monotone person, just wants to play basketball. So I think the fact that they drafted a guy that has a lot of potential and has a, a good head on his shoulders, that's great. The third thing is this, and I just think that uh, no one's talking about this, and it's a long shot. I would not be surprised if they were able to land Jalen Brown in the offseason. Slowly but surely, the Kings are being talked about on the outskirts a little bit as a, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a long shot, but there could be some discussion to land Jalen Brown. If they land Jalen Brown, all hell will break loose because then you add Jalen Brown who, you know, great score of the basketball, can do it all. It's a long shot. If they get Jalen Brown, though, that changes the entire dynamic of that roster you flit him. You fit him in, and obviously pieces got to mesh. Guys got to got to fit. But if the Kings were somehow able to land the shank off, Keegan gets better. Maybe another three and D wing kind of guy, and then on top of that, land Jalen Brown. That's a that's an off season for the ages. <laughs> that's a lot to hope for, but oh. yeah, if it does happen, that'd be great. I'm about to leave, but uh, I see y'all in the playoffs. Uh, it's gonna get rough on spaces, man. Y'all ain't been in the playoffs since the play spaces started. You gotta have tough rhino skin. The, 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 the Warriors got a guy over there named Shadow that benches 600 pounds, but they're very, very nice guys. All right, just stay strong and don't fall for the they'll be going to Cancun via the beam, my boy. Hey, go yo, a, a first plane <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Via the beam. Hey, yo, shout Cancun. out to Keith. Yeah, they gonna be Next coming for Next podcast for Draymond Green's going follow, to man. Cancun. <laughs> Keith, they gonna be looking for somebody just like you. He'll be going to Cancun first thing. Next hey, podcast. We all know how Twitter works, 
We know how Twitter works. It, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Sorry, brothers and sisters, too. Y'all be blessed. Appreciate right, you, thanks, bud. Thank guy. you. Appreciate yeah, thank you. you. <laughs> All right, you guys. Liz, uh, thanks for coming through. Anything to add? Just a great conversation. I mean, everyone makes really great points. Uh, I'm just excited for playoff basketball. Um, you know, we've all been looking forward to this moment for so many years. So it's it's finally almost here, you know, a couple more weeks and it'll be happening. So I'm just excited to see what this team can do. Obviously, they have stuff they need to clean up and figure out, um, you know, but these guys know that. And I think Mark Brown will have them definitely prepared, you know, hopefully. Um, I'm just excited to see who the matchup's going to be against and, you know, finally, uh, you know, get to experience, uh, you know, what this team is all about. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, but like Jill said, you know, as long as it's competitive and, you know, they actually show out and, you know, don't get just completely destroyed in the playoffs, you know, um, hopefully they can take that outside noise and, uh, you know, put it to the test. Yeah. I'm, I'm just happy to see Darren in the playoffs. I think his, we've all said this, his game is tailor made for the playoffs. So just to see him do his thing uh, is going to be a beautiful a beautiful moment. And Jill, let me just say this. That scene in The Last of Us <laughs> where he goes, it's going to be okay, baby girl. Oh, my God. That might have been one of the greatest moments oh, of television geez. in my lifetime. Yeah. And I will say I did like um, some of the changes they made along the way, too, um, which we can talk about. Um, I was happy. What was it? The um, Was it? Is it George? Uh, that they didn't have him like go kill himself off, right? That like they died peaceably together. <laughs> like, um, yeah, there was just things that I liked that they changed that weren't as depressing as playing the game. <laughs> oh, so you played the game? Yes. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, I'm going in as just a viewer. I'm a non-gamer. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, what's what's the actor's name? Uh. Uh, Megan Pascal, Megan Mullally's uh, oh, just kidding. husband. Um, he's always in comedies, but he played. Um, they were the the gay couple. Oh my god, that episode okay. was probably one of the game, also the greatest episodes in ever. the game. After they fight, like this is going to be you know sorry for my language. Like he goes and he hangs himself in like one of the garages and um the the guy that lives in the house just thinks that he left um and they when they go to try and find uh the car um that's when they find him and a note and he talks about how much he hates him and all this stuff and he just had to get away and so i like and it's like super depressing playing the game and you're like oh my god um, it com- like that episode was completely different than the game, and I actually loved the story they told uh, in the show rather than the super depressing part of the game of it. So I thought they told they, they a really great some, love yeah. story, and you know they ended up dying together in the house, and there was no like horrible ending for um, either of them, like separated. Well, they achieved what most movies couldn't in one episode oh my gosh <laughs> you know what oh i mean like that was better than most movies that yeah. try to tell a love so, story like, yeah in the game like so watching it like it i was like oh thank you that they like changed this because um playing it was 
you know, like most of it is, was depressing. And so I, you know, I thought it added a little bit of hope and love and everything else to, um, to the show. So. And I, and I love that there is hope yep. in the show. Unlike let's say a walking right. dead where it's just despair, despair, yep. despair. I mean, honestly, the zombies couldn't even be there. Yeah. And the show the cordyceps said couldn't that, even be yeah, there that they, and be amazing. That they wanted to at least bring that in some of it. So, I mean, like, you know, they've, they've gone true to it, you know, for certain things. And I thought they've done a really good job on the things that they didn't, you know, go true to that, you know, it kept you watching cause it can't all be super depressing. <laughs> It's exactly. one thing if you're playing a game and getting through it because you just want to get through it to see what happens. Um, but for people that, you know, didn't play the game, you also want them to keep coming back and watching. So, No, I remember seeing the trailers and I was like, oh, hell no, that looks too intense for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Big ups to anybody who actually played. Uh, Joseph, who also played the game, what's up, man? You know, you guys talking about Nick, Ocker- Nick Offerman's character? Yes, yeah. that's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's a really good episode. They they kind of they kind of just allude to that relationship in the game. They don't show it, um, but yeah, I, I thought that was an awesome episode. Uh, it's cool that the series has kind of taken swerves. Joseph, um, you finished it already, right? The series. Yeah. What you think overall? And then we're gonna get out of here. Oh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was different enough from the game to where I was like invested. Um, but you can kind of see all the sort of callbacks and stuff to the game too and uh i've also played the second game which is like brutal uh so i don't know i'm curious how they how they do that in in uh, future seasons yeah i i love it when showrunners stay true to the source material but then are able to put their own twist on it because i i don't want panel for panel scene for scene same same when it comes to like things that are derived from either video games or comic books i don't think it just does anything for me you know what i mean what do you think joe yeah no, i definitely agree I, I like uh i mean video games are a different medium than than television and they both have their strengths so you know when you can when you can make a good game um it, it's not it doesn't always equal like a good narrative in a game doesn't always equal a good narrative in like a show or a movie um and so it's cool when like the show creators and the writers kind of can do their own thing and, and just make a good product and, and still have enough, you know, relating to the source material to, for fans and whatnot. Ready player one. That's all I got to say. All right, Jill, uh, before I start getting encouraged to do a, a pop culture podcast, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Uh, you guys are the best. Thanks for everyone uh, for showing up. Jill, any last words? Nope, just uh, thanks for everyone for joining us and thanks for having me again. And uh, I'll be around here come, uh, you know, once the playoffs start. So uh, hopefully uh, we have some good things to talk about. Absolutely. And and good luck, everyone, on your playoff tickets. Um, You know, I'm about to go sell my lung on the dark web so I could afford them. So that is that. You guys are the best. Beam unit is out. Why not?